Friday nights at 9 p.m. It's time to sit back, relax, and play conspiracy bingo with Echoplex Media. We've curated the best conspiracy theorists the internet has to offer and turned it into a live bingo game you can play for free with absolutely no prizes but bragging rights. You won't find a live stream like this anywhere else, and that's probably better for everyone else's mental health. Tune in every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. We have none other than Jim Lee here. What's up, Jim Lee? What's up, Dave? How you doing, man? Good, good. I, I've, before we start, I just want to, like, I didn't ever ask you to take down our first uh, discussion. I just want to I know. put that on the record here. So I don't know why you keep saying that. I haven't actually said that, but... You, you said that in your own chat today. No, I didn't. Actually, the chat log's still there, so you can right, go we'll look. Check. Yeah, we'll, we'll check. I mean... It is what it is, dude. I mean, those were, what are we talking, six years ago we last talked? Yeah, and like I, I said, mean, literally, the email you sent to me, too, you uh, said that I wanted you to take down the, uh, the the video, and I never said that. I have it on my I own website. I will concede that you never said that. All right, cool. So, other than that, what's been up with you? What's what's up with the plane farts? Why did you change from plane farts, or from chemtrails, or stratospheric aerosol injection to plane farts? I, th- I think we both know the answer to that. No. T- take a guess. Um, because chemtrails is is a it's a fucking joke. Well, the com- the community is a joke. I think you still believe in the, the the overall overarching conspiracy theory. The community is a joke. We can agree on that. D- define the conspiracy theory, and I'll tell you whether I believe in it. <laughs> you do a whole channel about it, my friend. It's. It's the idea that it's the idea that the jetliners are spraying things in the atmosphere to alter the atmosphere, like intentionally. I I don't think you actually watch my videos. Like, I mean, (laughs) I I I was actually watching right before here, and I I was debating whether or not to actually have this conversation. And you had a video from eight days ago. You were watching Madison Star Moon. (laughs) I'll, I'll concede. I was laughing my balls off. Because it is crazy. And I think that if you look back to the very first article I ever wrote about chemtrails, I stated very clearly in the very first article I ever wrote, I believe this is pollution, but people call it chemtrails. So when you get into a debate about semantics, which is basically, I had a I had a debate with Mick West. Did you? Yeah, you you brought one? up you bring up Mick West a lot. Mick West is a joke. Did you know that Mick West a- takes agreed. Eric Weinstein seriously? I don't know if you know who Eric it, Weinstein is, dude. I mean, the guy should have stuck to making Tony Hawk pro skater and moved on. Oh, I wouldn't know. say I wouldn't say that about him. It's just he's a little too credulous to crackpots. That's all. Well, I mean, who do they go to? You know, National Geographic. You know, like if anybody wants Joe Rogan. If they want to debunk chemtrails, they call this guy. Meanwhile, they ignore so much of the information that's out there. Well, what information um, do you think people ignore? Well, I mean, for example, you know that, um, I mean, where do you start? There, there's two sides to this story. Now, there's the commercial side, and then there's the military side. And I try to try to make the argument to people that... of what you're seeing is commercial, is contrails, is pollution. And then there might be the 0.5% that might be military, you know, doing contrail suppression, contrail enhancement, Um, for example. And even Mick West had to admit that I was right on this. Dr. Arnold J. Barnes from the Phillips Lab, Hanscom Air Force Base, he had this paper where he gave a presentation. It was called Weather Test Technology Symposium 1997. He gave a presentation to the United States Army and Air Force simultaneously. And in the PowerPoint presentation, it said, Current Capabilities 1997, Create, Suppress, Cirrus, Contrails. 
And he went on to state why. He said, weather modification using carbon black. This is on the, the slide. I can bring it up or you can bring it up. I don't really care. Um, well, but a single slide out of a longer talk isn't really, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, I, I, haven't, I, haven't actually seen have the, his, I haven't seen the entire talk you're talking about. So you, I'm sh- like, you, should, you should listen to it sometime on your show. Um, I pulled it from archive.org. It came from army.mil. So it came from the Army's website. And I downloaded the PowerPoint presentation, have the audio and his slide notes with it. And in it, it says carbon black weather modification, create cirrus slash contrails. And the reason why the United States Air Force said that they would create clouds was to block out spy satellite optics and improve nighttime operations. Right, but my thing is, is the is the thing he was saying that they're doing it, or that it's like a thing that you know people potentially believe could happen. Because every time I get one of these like pieces of information, and I don't know this exact one, but if you remember, there's that famous one of what's that guy from the, the former CIA director where they cut Brennan. out like eight or ten seconds of it, right? But yeah, where Brennan's see, talking about it. Yeah, you see that you listen to the rest of it, and it's clear that he's talking about things that could potentially happen in the future. Correct. Um, but now I'll put a real big, you know, question mark, but on this, the CIA has a long history of weather warfare. Um, the CIA was directly involved in operation Popeye, which was via the weather warfare of Vietnam, Henry Kissinger, the CIA, the United States air force weather reconnaissance division, and the United States Naval weapons lab at China Lake, California, 19 individuals were involved in weather warfare for five years over Laos and Vietnam. And even the secretary of defense did not know this was going on. Well, maybe the secretary of defense didn't know it's going on because the only people who think they know for sure that the United States military was responsible for, for example, the flooding of the hope dream and trail are people who of your persuasion, who believe what you know what i'm calling the chemtrails conspiracy theory i think the most people don't know if if that with the u.s uh, military was there were there were three congressional hearings on it two of which i have copies of the entire transcripts the third is still classified to this day this led to the environmental modification convention the weather warfare ban of 1978 was signed by the united nations as a result of the weather warfare in Vietnam. Seymour Hirsch was the, the first um, journalist who published in 1972 in the New York Times about um, Jack Anderson's reporting in the Pentagon Papers because he saw a paper on Lyndon Johnson's desk about Operation Popeye. Do we have so the this, paper or did somebody? I have the original document, a photo of it. Yeah, but I, I, what I'm saying is like, I don't think that you've, I don't think you're tying, I think you're tying things together that are unrelated and you're adding in a bunch of speculation to the things that you have on the record. All they did, they did cloud seeding. They did cloud seeding over Vietnam in the monsoons with silver iodide and lead iodide. They used JATO, J-A-T-O, racks of silver iodide mounted on WC-130s and RF-4 Phantoms. 19 individuals. This is also in the most prominent weather historian's book on the planet, James Roger Fleming. Fixing I thought you were going to hold up. For, for, forgive me for no. thinking that maybe you were going to hold up your own book. <laughs> no, James Roger Fleming. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have a book. I'm not a scientist. You're not a scientist. We agree on that, right? Uh, now we do. Yeah. Uh, last time I never have said I was a scientist. I am. A, I'm just a dork, man. I'm a dork who reads a lot. Okay. And James Roger Fleming, when I interviewed him, I went to Austin, Texas at the American Meteorological Society's annual meeting. They have a thing called the 21st Conference on Planned and Inadvertent Weather Modification. I interviewed Dr. William Cotton who was part of Project Storm Fury, steering hurricanes back in the 1970s. Do you believe, um, wait, let me stop you there. Do you believe that, the, we, that, that any human entity has the capability to steer a hurricane? Um, I do not believe in weather control. I believe in weather modification, the attempts to control weather, 
but nobody on the planet has been able to prove the efficacy of cloud seeding since 1946. So, though they may be sprinkling chemicals into clouds to make it rain or make it not rain, to this day, nobody can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt what they call scientific efficacy of cloud seeding. They well, have I mean, it's not what they call scientific efficacy. We both we can both agree that scientific efficacy is a, a term that means something, right? Right. But at the end of the day, they did Project Snowy. They did the, um, uh, what was it called? The Wyoming Weather Modification Pilot Program, WMPP. They threw a whole bunch of money at it. After the National Academy of Sciences in 2001 said, our opinion is much the same as it was 40, 60 years ago, that to this day, nobody can prove that cloud seeding works. Well, I mean, the fact so, that the government threw a bunch of money at something it doesn't really, you know, you know about the, you know, they thought they were trying to do remote viewing because the the, the Soviets <laughs> had us convinced that they were doing remote viewing. The, and the, the government men who stare at goats. Yeah, yeah. They, well, it's not. I mean, that's a, a you know a, a funny version of it, but it's that's a it, thing that that's a thing that actually happens. So, like, you know, I don't I don't know the fact that the government threw a bunch of money at something doesn't really mean that it, it was going to work or that there was even any reason to believe that it would, especially during the paranoia of the height of the Cold War. Agreed. Um, but at the end of the day, so you have the CIA, you have do- well documented cases with the, you know the weather modification, the weather warfare over Vietnam. A well, wait, you just event. said a minute ago that we couldn't prove the scientific efficacy of cloud seeding, but now you're calling it weather, weather warfare. Whether 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 it was whether it was effective or not, there an attempt was made to do weather warfare over Vietnam which was dubbed Operation Popeye, which what led to the Weather Modification Reporting Act of 1972 in Congress, which led to the Environmental Modification Convention, which was signed and ratified by the United Nations, banning weather warfare. These are undeniable facts. Well, the last two are on the, 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 the two, like the, the, the UN thing and the US thing you're talking about, those are undeniable facts, but I don't, I don't know that those things wouldn't have happened independent of, of this Operation Popeye that you're, you're saying happened. Well, according to direct sources and James Roger Fleming himself, who's from Colby University, he's the top historian on weather modification in the world. I interviewed him at that 21st conference on weather, weather modification. And, um, you know, he agreed with me that yes, NMOD is flawed, that it was as a result of Operation Popeye, and that it needs to be updated. So, 90% of what I'm doing is just simply going, okay, well, here's what we know, and here's what we don't know. And what we don't know is much more than what we know. And even though there's a weather warfare ban on the books at the United Nations, there's no way to catch anybody doing any of this. So while you and I may speculate on whether geoengineering, some secret large scale aerosol program, I don't believe that it's going on. If anybody's doing it, it's probably the CIA. And that would still, even according to David Keith, just hear me out and then you can respond. Even according to David Keith, when he got his Bill Gates money and got with Aurora Flight Sciences and said, if we were going to geoengineer, what will we need and how much would it cost? He even said, I only need 14 747-400s. I only need 14 planes to geoengineer the planet. So that doesn't jive with what you hear out of the Dane Wiggingtons of the world, you know, all of the chemtrail people of the world saying that every single plane is flying with pumps and pipes that high bypass turbofan jets can't create contrails. I disagree with all this bullshit. And I have for over 10 years in every video I've ever made. Now, I will admit what you've accused me of. You know, that I use the word chemtrails because guess what? That is the clickbait word of the day. If when I spoke to Dr. Rangasai Hawthorne, he's the head of the Federal Aviation Administration's Aviation Climate Change Research Initiative. He's doing the, t- the access flights and the 
um, Ecliff, Indy Max flights, which are these tests on biofuels for contrail control. The idea of using jet or what they call federal alternative aviation fuels. <clears throat> he was actually in charge of the access flights. So I called him up and I interviewed him. And he said, you know, we would like to have more contrail induced serious clouds by day and none by night. So when can, Ulrich, can we stop because there's been like sure. you, a lot of stuff happened there. Like you said, sure. a lot of things. Um, that was like one of my, the main things that I had uh, criticized I'm not, you for. I'm the not going to talk over you, dude. Well, this no, it was the, 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 it was the number of claims that, that when people make a number of claims without stopping, when they're talking to someone else, this is the gish gallop. It's a, it's a well-known yeah. technique. We went over this before, but the, <clears throat> so I don't the, have techniques. I'm just Southern and I talk a lot, bro. <laughs> I mean, I know, no, I, I know, I mean, I know what you're doing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more prepared for your, we'll call it your style of discussion this time than uh, last time. Uh, the first thing you talked about is you said when David Keith got his Bill Gates money. Now, somebody who covers the things that I cover, that just is just an immediate red flag. As soon as somebody says, "Oh, this person's funded by Bill Gates," I. The Bill, like Gates Foundation, the Bill Gates Foundation, you know, uh, gives money to all different kinds of different organizations, and they're not the primary funder for the vast majority of the people. This is not the to. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This is what's called Pfizer, F-I-C-E-R. In fact, in the Aurora Flight Sciences paper where he does the cost analysis of geoengineering, at the bottom of the paper, he thanks Bill Gates, Pfizer, for funding the research for the paper. Pfizer stands for Fund for Innovative Climate and in Climate and Energy Research. Fund for Innovative Climate and Energy Research. Pfizer. Do you know how much money? So, do you know how much money it was? I think altogether it was only like some like 20 million. It was it was a real low number to be quite honest with you. They only funded 18 to 20 studies altogether. So Bill Gates basically came up with a fund and he said, here, I'm going to put this money in a pot for studying geoengineering. He had Ken Caldera and David Keith be the heads of the fund. So other scientists, if they wanted to get funded under Pfizer, which was Bill Gates money, they had to go to David Keith and Ken Caldera, explain why they needed the money and what they were planning on studying. And that's how they got the money. Well, there are other um, funding sources for this for what this kind of the research. national cat the national science foundation dwarfs what bill gates has funded for geoengineering See, they're like coming back to that's why like <clears throat> that's why uh, not just me but the, the people like me are going to the, just be immediately incredibly skeptical of what you're saying because you didn't say that you're like oh he took his bill gates money and then that's like oh you took your george soros money or you took your rockefeller or your rothschild's money and that just for 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 those of us who I would say monitor conspiracy communities, that's just like, an, I'm just, that's just immediate. Like it's an immediate indication that what somebody's about to say is highly likely to be bullshit <laughs> because that's, they, but, they, but they, they're like can, insert boogeyman here. Funding you want to look project. it up right now while we're on the air? Huh? I mean, you want to look it up while we're on the air? Look what? Because up? it's that paper. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. I'll send you a link and you can check it right now in real time read a paper i don't I'm, see like my question like, you can like, scroll to the bottom right, and but there's the literally thinks, just one paragraph that says thank you bill gates and the pfizer right but that's for funding this research on what but, what we would need I, to I, geoengineer I, the planet i i don't doubt that bill gates is not only putting money into what he thinks is going to be a climate change solution here right <clears throat> but again the way you worded it he took his bill gates money and that's just it's just that's just like weaselly that's absolute fucking conspiracy theory claptrap it's the same as when somebody blames george soros for this that or the other thing but there is a chat on video ninja if you want to send me if you want to send me oh you see on the bottom there's a row of uh, icons one of them's a chat you can send me a link we can pull it up let me see real quick i'm trying to find it down here please I'll, don't I'll send me a link to your website I certainly won't. My chat was already talking see, about that. I see you got here. That was like one of the first things I, I was talking only, about. No, I, you, 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 you often joke about me citing my own website, but my website is only filled with references from other people. I don't <laughs> reference myself. 
Those are my like, notes. That you're literally, I don't, I don't reference my website ever on my, on my show. I reference my website because they're notes because I've been doing this for 14 years and I got 30,000 reference links on there. But the paper, <laughs> I, I don't see a chat button, dude. I'm, it's on the, bo- it's on the bottom at, row, dude. It's, it's easy see. to see. It's right next to oh, your mute. Oh, it's covered by this YouTube video that's down here. Okay, I see it now. There's the chat. All right. Copy this link. Yep. Copy link address. All right. Let's see what we got here. So environmental research letters. This is a, okay. This is from an open access journal. Citation. So first of all, this is, uh, who, where's the byline on this? I don't have, this is, this is by, um, from, okay. I see it. I see it. It's Justin Justin McClellan, McClellan, David Keith. You know, you know who David Keith is. Yeah, he's one, of these, scroll, he's one of these guys like Bill Gates who needs to shut the fuck up. Clearly. It's um, just that he, but he if, feeds if you conspiracy click on the PDF link, If you click click on the PDF link at the very top, where it says article PDF, he's and then it. when you scroll to the bottom, you're going to see a section that says acknowledgments. Acknowledgments. So we got a... Uh, there we go. From David Wilm. So... There's help for commentary. Funding for this work was provided by the Fund for Innovative Climate and Energy Research. Okay, uh, if that's a Bill, is Bill Gates the sole funder of that, or is he just part of that? You can click the link right there. It says Keith.C's.Harvard.edu Pfizer, and it okay, explains on. it in pretty graphic detail right there. Grants yep. for research are provided to the Harvard University from gifts made by Mr. Bill Gates from his personal funds. The activities of the Pfizer. Fund for Innovative Climate Energy Research fall outside the scope of the activities of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Pfizer is not a foundation project and has no relationship with it. Okay. So, so, so what? Bill Gates funded the study, and in this study, he says, and you can see there's charts in there, we only need 14 planes to geoengineer the whole planet. That was the whole point of this. This was back in 2012. Right, so, but th- I mean, this is this is speculative. Correct. I mean, of course, all research papers are. So well, some, at the some, end of the day, some, some research papers aren't speculative. They they gather data and they they, they look up stuff. But yes, but, I understand. They're like but, for this but, stuff, but it's all going to be speculative because they're not doing it. Right. I, I fully agree with that. In fact, um, of all of the geoengineering projects that people have claimed to have happened, only two have happened. And that was Russ George with ocean iron fertilization and the dumbass from make sunsets that threw a couple balloons in the sky. We saw your video about that. You didn't, you, you didn't really, your video for that didn't really frame it like that. You've, you've, that your, first of all, your title was clickbaity, which you, you kind of use it like, you're like, Oh, well my titles have to be clickbaity or whatever, but you, 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 said that it was a geoengineering project and like well, it, I, mean, I mean it wasn't if you do have you been to the make sunsets web, website I, they're claiming to be doing geoengineering but from what i can tell it's just a guy with a balloon it's the most redneck cheap ass version of geoengineering possible um i i highly doubt that his balloon even made it to the stratosphere it probably blew into a trailer park or something like that um, but regardless, it was just a money-making scheme. The guy wanted to sell cooling credits. So people who want to, you know, virtue signal and say, I'm saving the climate, they could, you know, send money to him. And then for every, it's, it's kind of like, you know, people who say, oh, if you send me money for every time you, send, you know, use my product, I'm a plant a tree and it's going to help the environment. He was doing something similar and saying, if you send me money, I will send you know, send a balloon up with some, you know, sulfur in it or whatever he had in it. And I'll do some SRM and that'll cool the planet. You're helping out cool the planet. You did a a pretty long video about the balloon where the tone was to my recollection, rather different than what you're saying here. It's exactly the same content. I'm just summing it up to 30 seconds. I don't have an hour to go on ad nauseum about how, Mexico banned geoengineering as a result of some retard. Oh, we can. Let's try. Let's try. Let's try. Let's try to be. Let's try to not use uh, like slurs on my channel, if you don't mind. Okay, fair enough. Um, but like, 
you know, everybody, not everybody, when they say, you know, if you buy this product from me, I'm going to donate to somebody. I mean, I know these people were probably grifters or maybe they were even were drinking their own Kool-Aid, but like not everybody who does that. Like <clears throat> if I tell you that I'm selling this shirt I'm wearing for, for pride month and out of every shirt, I'm donating $6 and 66 cents to the Lambda legal fund. Do you think I'm lying? <laughs> like, no. you know, I mean, no, not at all. Well, my community is such that I, they're going to, they're going to ask for well, a receipt you're, for that you're, shit you're, too. You're in, you're in San Francisco. I mean, I would expect that, you know, that's totally acceptable in your, you know, realm. So why well, totally wouldn't you? Acceptable for anyone in any, any place to do that. Actually, the land, a legal fund, legal fund doesn't spend a lot of time protecting people in San Francisco I, anymore. I know as much about Lambda legal fund as you know about operation Popeye. I've probably read more about Operation Popeye than you've read about Lambda <laughs> you, Legal. That's fair. <laughs> okay. But, like, that's the thing is, like, this time that I'm talking to you, and the last time that I talked to you, I think you did it a little bit, too. Like, your tone and your your skepticism of this stuff, you're, it, it's, it's stronger, much stronger. We're on your channel. You're clearly talking to the chemtrails, people. And I just see a pretty radical because disconnect from the things you've told me versus the things we've seen on your channel because it's not you you said oh you're not watching i'm not watching your channel we were, we're watching your channel we, good every good. every two weeks or so well, we then, probably pull up a if, you, if you did then you would you would notice that the the same plan of action has been in place since day one to take chemtrail believers and turn them into contrail you know advocate you know people who care about the actual pollution side of this thing um you're from do you believe in climate change do you believe in global warming well it's not a matter of belief right that the, the the fix is in right the, the consensus is in okay so you believe that global warming is real correct sure yes okay so you understand the climate warming aspects of contrails yes um I think that dumping a bunch of CO2 into the atmosphere via whatever method we, we, we do it is has a much bigger impact than, uh, than cirrus clouds. Okay, so when I went to the EPA in 2015 and I said that CO2, that, that cirrus clouds formed by contrails heat the planet more than all the greenhouse gas emissions coming out of airplanes, I was laughed at by the Sierra Club member who was there. He said it was pure poppycock. His own words. I want to hear the guy from the Sierra Club say poppycock. That would be <laughs> Dude, it was priceless. He's in a brown corduroy jacket saying poppycock oh, like to me. Uh, oh, the same jacket that Patrick Roddy never took off? Right. Almost identical. Almost identical. Um, <clears throat> but if you look right now, there are at least 18 different journals that are finally admitting that non-CO2 emissions from airplanes are the biggest threat to the climate and that the IATA, um, International Aviation Transport Administration, something like that. IATA, isn't that, am I the asshole? Or that, I <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but the IATA basically said that the airline industries need to tackle non-CO2 emissions because contrails are trapping more heat than CO2. In fact, Olivier Boucher from the IPCC, his statement, which I read in my my presentation to the um, EPA, unlike Amanda Bayes' EPA um, testimony, I said, Olivier Boucher says that a single plane operating in conditions favorable for contrail formation seems to exert 5,000 times the radiative forcing of all of the co2 emitted since the beginning of flight that so, sounds incorrect all the co2 it sound it sounds incorrect on its surface until you realize that patrick menace also after 9 11 whenever they they grounded all flights they got a satellite um it's a infrared satellite shot of george bush and two f-16s flying back to washington dc the entire United States has no clouds. The only clouds visible are contrails coming from Air Force One and two F-16s. So Patrick Menace did some studies on this, and he came up with a paper which was related to 9-11, and he said that it affected the, that contrails were affecting the diurnal temperature range. This was the first major blow 
in the narrative that CO2 greater than contrails. I, I greater than Cirrus. Uh, uh, the the first the thing you said there about how there were no clouds except for from the aircraft across the entire country. That's that sounds like a uh, bullshit. You can see it. I'll show you the photo. Want to see it? There, there were clouds in this country somewhere. Like there, there's clouds in this country somewhere in, at in all times. In the photo that he is showing, there are no clouds except for there. A photo from where? And it's from a satellite. Same, the same thing happened um, during the 2008 grounding of all flights due to the Iceland volcano. Over the United United Kingdom, an E three AWACS was doing circles, and just the E three AWACS by itself created enough clouds to cover almost the entire United Kingdom. That's a, <laughs> that's why it, it's called Cossack. I'll show you that. I've got a GIF animation of it. <laughs> I I just there's abs there's there's no contrail that's going to cover the entire United Kingdom. There was. That's some Madison Star Moon shit right there, buddy. There, but you're going to have to argue with scientists, not me on this, because it comes straight from them. And there were scientific peer-reviewed journals on this, and that's why Olivier Boucher from the IPCC, I, I, I'm assuming you believe them, he's the head of the cloud and aerosol interaction uh, papers written for the IPCC. Not some, you know doof in a freaking local community college okay olivier boucher well, you can look him working up. in a community college i i know I'm, I'm i don't mean to crap on the community i, I went to community college okay let's be real so um, one, of, one of the one of the things that uh, my community asks a lot of times when we're watching your videos is like why aren't you uh publishing why aren't you submitting like the things that you're talking about for peer review well, I mean, honestly, because I'm not a scientist, A, B, um, I work 50 hours a week, dude. I mean, like, this is just, this is literally what I do online. I do between, you know, spending time with my wife of 23 years. I have a 13-year-old daughter. I have a six-year-old daughter. And I work 50 hours a week. I design websites when I'm not at that job. My father owns 96 trailers. So, you know, it's a trailer park. I live in the finest double wide the Illuminati's ever paid for. Um, I have no time. So literally everything I've done, I've done in my spare time, you know, when I when I'm available to do it. So well, I'm writing I'm, I'm no book, longer in that position. You'd be uh, either proud or uh, upset to know that I do this full time now. No, I mean, I think that you, I, I, I've seen it, dude. I, I, I went back through your whole history since I got off, you know, like. While we were, I was doing that premiere earlier, I was literally looking up your stuff and I was like, man, Dave's come a long way. No shit. Props to you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe now I'm the grifter. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to flip the script now. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to have to go. Buy this tinfoil hat from my website. All right. That's not real tinfoil. You grifting piece of shit. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of tinfoil, what do you think of Matt Landman's uh, 5G uh, proof clothing? Oh my God, man. It's so fucking ridiculous. People don't understand EMF at all. And I, you know, I try, I get calls from people all the time who are like, I'm a targeted individual. And then I do the usual 10 questions, you know, do you have a cell phone? Yes. Do you keep it on all night? Yes. Is it next to your bed? Yes. Do you have Wi-Fi? Yes. Do you ever turn it off? No. Do you, and I, I just go through all the regular questions. I'm like, you're probably suffering from tinnitus. I don't believe that you're a targeted individual. Right. The tinnitus probably has nothing, probably has nothing to do with electromagnetic anything. Well, you know, electromagnetic um, hypersensitivity, hypersensitivity disorder is recognized by the World Health Organization. Some people experience it to varying degrees. Before I had my thyroidectomy, I was much more electrically sensitive i i you know i would be affected by you know fluorescent lighting um and oh, this you know what like the fluorescent lighting is actually it's it's your it's your eyes uh, some people are sensitive to the actual like the flickering of the lights and it yeah, gives people because it, it's rapidly strobes yeah, yeah um blue blue lights another big one so these are all different forms of electromagnetic you know sensitivities well, the, with the with yeah. the fluorescent light, it's not really the EMF waves. It's literally the the speed at which the light's flickering that gives you a headache. It's Agreed. 
I mean, agreed. But at the same time, um, you know, whatever they came up with the specific absorption rate for different EMF things. So like say with the cell phones, it's four Watts SAR. So you know, they say specific or absorption rate. There's a, there's a body of scientists out there who say that it should be a whole body absorption rate, not a specific absorption rate, because clearly, um, electromagnetic radiation is absorbed through the balls, your eyeballs, through your testicles, through, you know, fluid filled bodies first. Um, and you're making me hella jealous right now, man. I haven't smoked weed in like 10 years. Please uh, we stop. have the finest. I'm from Northern California. Oh God, dude. I, I, I want to move. I mean, seriously, South Carolina, it's so backwards. We're never, ever going to get it. But anyway, I digress. Um, you know, with the EMF thing, like, you know, I don't get it. You know, the whole fear of five, 5g I've said, you know, don't understand electromagnetic radiation 4g actually penetrates deeper into your skin than 5g does because it's millimeter waves it only you know can break the you know the surface of the dermis um i don't think people really try to understand these things but it's different when you're in close proximity to the transmitter we can agree on that, right? Um, it's about well that there's there's the thing is a lot of times there's other factors and a lot of times those factors are going to be socioeconomic because rich people don't live near the power lines and rich people don't live near the big right. cell tower, so we or, don't know or, for or, sure or, like it, like who's gonna who's gonna and who's gonna die sooner, rich people or poor people? Always poor people because no no rich person's going to be in a hotel that literally has the top floor with cell phone tower emitters all along the front now i just came back from myrtle beach you know i'm looking at these hotels all the top floors they literally have them mounted on the side so literally right above your door to your hotel room is a cell tower emitter oh right but now, that, you can, that, that's that's like correlation that's not causation right like the rich people they don't want to live near the windmills either but like the idea that a, a windmill causes windmill cancer is ridiculous it's just they think they're an eyesore I think those windmills look pretty dope and I would love to live near a windmill farm. But so it's like when you live near more power lines, more, more, more radio transmitters that are like visible, it's generally going to be, it's going to be generally going to be in a lower socioeconomic area. And there's going to be, you know, other, other factors there that are, you know, lack of healthcare, um, mostly lack of healthcare. So if you start to get sick, you're not going to go see the doctor right away. When I, when I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, all the power lines were underground which was, I mean, just absolutely beautiful. Like it's something you just don't see. You well, know when I, I mean? lived, yeah. When I lived on the West side, before I moved out to the burbs, all the power lines were under the ground. The main thing about that, that was good is the power never went out. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it, it makes sense on so many levels. Plus any of the ambient EMF that would be coming off of those high powered lines is immediately grounded. So it can't do you any harm when it's underground. But you know, of course, they'll make it illegal for you to stretch out some wires and catch that free electricity that's radiating off of these power lines overhead, which people have done. You can that do sounds that. Dangerous. You, that sounds dangerous. Like that you sounds like the attempt to do so is going to shorten your lifespan for a variety dude, of reasons. Dude, you, can, you can lay out like a wire mesh underneath these high power transmission lines and catch enough electricity to charge batteries, to do all kinds of things. But if they catch you doing it, it's illegal, even though it's lost energy and it affects human health if you're in close proximity to it. So riddle me that. Well, I mean, the the, the government's going to outlaw all kinds of things. I think you're not even supposed to be like, I think for a, a number of reasons, they probably don't want you near the, 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 the power line towers anyway, because... Some dumb fuck probably climbed them, right? And that's why you're not allowed to play near the power line towers now. Yeah, but we're, I had an example because um, I live near a highway. Basically, we got these huge high power lines coming down here. And I saw a guy from the power company out there and he had a, a FLIR gun. So, you know, he could see the infrared and he's pointing it up there. And I had to walk out there because I was just like, that dude has a FLIR gun. I got to see this. He's like, you see that right there? And I'm like, yeah, that that's reading 3000 degrees. <laughs> so basically one of the connectors um, 
near um, the tra the transmission box basically was heating that element up to 3000 degrees. Now you imagine the amount of power lost via when, heat, in yeah. that when it's transmitted to that much heat. So they they had recognized that they were losing a lot of power and then how much of that ends up as what they would call electro smog or just ambient emf but those um, that, I, I don't know I do, like i don't nobody think that, knows well that's i mean i don't I, just because something's generating heat doesn't mean it's generating a bunch of emf well when i did somebody you know i i you know back when i was a little more paranoid i had somebody send me a geiger counter and an emf meter and then i was like this thing's hokey as hell Point the geiger so counter at your cat if you have one your cat's radioactive <laughs> I'm not well, kidding. I, I actually have an A10 Warthog shell that was fired in Iraq and they have depleted uranium bullets on the tip. And I've had this thing since I was like 10 years old. Cause you know, my How neighbor go about was, the business of not having that. Yeah. My neighbor, <laughs> in fact, right here. So this is called a desert rose. You ever seen one of these? Uh, it looks like a, it looks like a shell, but it's obviously not. Looks like that is that shell. is fused rock that came out of the hole from an A10 Warthog's bullet hitting sand and turning it into crystal instantly. Okay, so this came back. This was the first thing I checked with the Geiger counter from extreme um, but, from extreme heat. Yeah, yeah. So just just the extreme heat, the pressure of depleted uranium plus the the weight of it, you know, compresses sand really quick. These things shoot out. They call them desert roses. Um, but the shell itself lit up whenever I got near it with the Geiger counter. Oh, I thought you reason, okay, like, yeah, the, if, it, if there's depleted the uranium, in it, yeah, it's going to, it's going to activate. Like I said, I would go about the business of not having things that I know are depleted uranium. I didn't know, but I didn't, but come on, bro. I got the thing was when I was 10 years old and I still worship the military, I wanted to be a pilot and you know, the A-10 Warthog was my favorite plane. You know, what a badass plane. So whenever he said he had, he was bringing back a shell, you know, I kept it forever. You know, it was right next to my bed. He he'd even, he even got like a piece of wood and made me a fake bullet tip to put in it. So I had a full-size A-10 Warthog, you know, 30 millimeter shell. And I had that thing for 20, 25, maybe 30 years before I found out the damn thing's radioactive. It had been by my bed for like 20 years. Um, but these are the kinds of things you, you don't think about anyway. Um, <laughs> we're going all over the place. No, at that, this point. that's fine. Um, I just, I'm not sure that the heating of, of something in the electrical system means that it's putting off uh, EMF e either, you know, either not either, either harmful not necessarily. or not harmful. Um, because, but I mean, uh, the very, heat is IR, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, at the very least you got electricity turn transmitting, you know, turning into heat because of loss of energy. Okay. So that's that's what you don't want to happen uh, you know i designed um audio systems and if we had a hot line clearly something was wrong you know what i mean when you're dealing with like two gauge cables and 60 amp fuses running to a bank of you know amplifiers and you got 16 15 inch subwoofers back there and the guy's like why does this cable feel so damn hot or you you know you got something wrong i really place something Where's all yeah, these subwoofers? I, can I, can I, cause like, I, I don't know if you know, but I rock the fucking disco tech too. Where are all these subwoofers and can I go play on them? Um, well, when I was, um, when I was in high school, I worked for power audio and I had a blazer. I competed in the one to 100 watt class for sound pressure and for audio quality. Um, so I actually had two Phoenix gold amps. Um, oh, is it, is it car would, audio? Yeah. Car audio. Um, I, I got some crazy audio equipment too here at the house, but I'm not going to tell everybody what's in my double wide because my address is online. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I had um, I had 16 speakers running a quarter ohm stereo on the Venus Gold amps, and in the back I was running one ohm mono. And all together, that system, even though the amps were 25 watt by two. They were putting out well over 1600 amp, um, 1600 watts because they have triple Darlington outputs. They're high current amps. Um, I had three microfarad, one million microfarad um, capacitors in there in a bank. And I mean, the thing would hit, I think it was like close to 132 decibels. It would actually flex the roof of the blazer. I would so, be nowhere. It, it, I, I've, I've thrown raves and I would be nowhere near 132 decibels. You, 
I'm you one actually of the rave promoters whose ears still work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it has a safety switch, so whenever you're inside the vehicle, you have a volume limiter, and then whenever you're at the sound pressure level contest, you go out to your gas cap, you open the gas cap, and there's another volume knob, so that then you can turn it all the way up because you don't want to be in the in the vehicle. So, quick side note, I learned about you know resonations and bio uh, biological effects at an early age on the way to a widespread panic concert you know we're all getting fried we're driving from sumter to clemson university it's about an hour and a half drive i'm pumping the bass the whole time we get out of the vehicle and the first thing i said is we should probably go inside now holy fuck i'm hoarse and everybody in the vehicle could not speak <laughs> because the bass had vibrated our vocal cords so much that nobody could talk. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that you, you, you never think about. And I always try to think outside of the box. So let's just circle back to, you know, your favorite topic, chemtrails. When I think about it now, when I started out, I believed... 90% of the bullshit that was thrown at me on the internet. Who, who was your favorite when you first started? Mm, man, that's, that's hard to say. Is like, I was all over the place. I believe, do you remember that, um, that Comet Elenin? Do you remember that thing? C2010X, about the, the comet that was going to come between the earth and the sun, was the solar kill shot and all that shit. Um, maybe maybe you weren't into all this back then, um, I, but this was like you know 2010 ish through like 2011. Um, oh, you know, basically it was like Obama went to the um, the airport in right outside of Boulder, Colorado, with that one with the the blue Mustang. What's it called? Um, oh, the, the horse, at, horse. The, at the airport. Yeah, that place. The, You've the been to that airport? That airport's walker. dope. People are scared um, shitless of that airport, but that place is dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've never been there, but I've been on a virtual tour. I've seen, like, all the photos and everything and heard all the conspiracies about the underground bases and everything. Well, turns out, like, Obama ended up going there the day that the the comet and it was supposed to cross between the Earth and the sun. So everybody really freaking out. Dutch Sense and a whole bunch of other YouTubers. Oh, we just, we just found dutch since like a year ago and we, he's the we call him the uh he's like a cosplay geologist but also he's a, a bit, bit of a bit of, found him bit of a bit of an up talker bit of an up talker yeah he um he uh he he's the one that started the idea of harp rings and like in 2011 I, I you know i basically like had it out with him and i you know at the time i was still just resonated nobody knew who jim lee was and I told him, I said, why don't you stop calling them harp rings? Because there's only one harp. Those are Nexrad rings or Nexrad anomalies at the very best. Um, quit calling them harp rings. And um, he immediately started to work overtime to try to figure out who I was. He's like, you're Scott Peterson from Weather Wars and all this shit because my email was Weather Wars or something like that. And I was like, no, try again. Um, and then I said, I just, I said, my name's Jim Lee, like for real. My name is Jim Lee. I live in Sumter, South Carolina. And they're like, you're James Lee, the porn star from Sumter, South Carolina. I was like, get the fuck out of here. There's a porn star in Sumter. There's a male porn star in Sumter, South Carolina named James Lee. Well, it turns out there's five James Lees in Sumter. I mean, it's just a very in common hometown. Name. I mean, it's, it's the most vanilla ass name you could have. Um, so yeah, it's pretty hard to find jim lee if you search on the internet but regardless um dutch sense you know we went through we went round and round about the harp rings now whenever he talks about it, he'll he'll literally put quotes around harp rings to this day because he got such a beat down over that um but you know back then i believed all kinds of you know random shit and the point i was trying to make about ellen it was you know there was just enough science in the conspiracies for me to bite it you know what i mean and i you know i would tell my wife oh my god i think we probably should you know get to high ground something bad could happen um and then when nothing happened at all like it flew by 
the world moved on, nobody died. I said, how the hell did I get played like this? And that's when I, I read a paper called The Anatomy of Slave Speak, and it's about language that maintains the master-slave relationship. That's, a, that's, that's interesting, and there was one more thing, and I, I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you jumped on, but I, I, I do want to kind of move on to my other content. But I wanted to ask you one thing. The first video where I heard you talking about Slave Speak was right after you had raised money to go to Harp in uh, Alaska. And uh, so what happened with that? So what happened with that, I, you know, like I said, I had Graves disease. I've got the scar to prove it. Um, if you, are you familiar with Graves disease? Do you even know what it is? I'm no, I'm unfamiliar. Okay. So hypothyroid, hyperthyroid. Hypo is whenever, um, basically you gain weight, you're sluggish. You don't have enough thyroxin produced by your thyroid hyperthyroid is when your thyroid produces way too much thyroxin the side effects of this are you constantly lose weight you have tachycardia you cannot sleep and i already have restless leg syndrome which was really bad it got to the point where my legs would wiggle all night long i would burn 10 pounds a night and i'd get up in the morning and i couldn't even walk so Right before, you know, because I really wanted to go there. I really did. But I had gotten to the point where I was starting to have panic attacks and I was passing out. No shame. I got, I got no filters. Um, and when I talked to my doctor about it, they were like, look, we need to get you in for emergency surgery. And they had well, scheduled me to on the go. Beach? doing on the beach my my father plans a beach trip every year in june for my my youngest daughter's birthday so like right now my wife and my kids are at the beach she would throw a fit if she knew i was talking to you because she's like what good could come from this and i'm like maybe i can bury the hatchet because i don't like having you know bad karma just sitting around i think that you're probably a reasonable dude and I think that, you know, just having an honest discussion with you, because when we last spoke, uh, the other thing about Graves' disease is you're highly irritable and prone to, you know, being excitable, which me being a fighter my entire life, me being, you know, highly abrasive, which I'll admit to. <laughs> obviously didn't lend any help to our last discussion <laughs> because I am an asshole. Um, but since I've had my thyroid removed, I've learned to really calm down. I've been able to calm down. I've been able to gain my weight back. I've been able to get my muscles back. Um, it's been a complete 180. So at the time, you know, I was very, very sick and I was pushing myself way too hard. And at, you know, basically my heart was going into atrial fibrillation because of tachycardia. And the doctors were like, look, if we don't get you into surgery and get your thyroid removed, you're going to die of a heart attack. And that's just the plain, honest truth of it. And in 2018, I finally had my thyroid removed. And, you know, since then, it's been a battle of just trying to you know regulate my thyroid so that now I don't have a thyroid so I got to take pills for the rest of my life but regardless I'm not the same guy I was before then because I had Graves disease for 10 years from 2009 to 2018 so the thing that the thing that the people who are let's say myself included uh harsh critics of yours we want we want to know like because you had a fundraiser at the time also going for your medical stuff so we want to know like where'd the money from the harp stuff go um, I canceled it. And when I messaged people about it, everybody said, no, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. Because especially <clears throat> had you and a couple other guys really ride my ass about it. And my wife looked at me and she's like, well, just offer to give it back. And I went and I messaged everybody and everybody I could message responded back. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. And it really wasn't that much money. 
Especially when you consider when I went to the AMS meeting, I raised like $10,000. I didn't hear you bitching about that. But that's because you went to the meeting. <laughs> Fair enough. But still, I mean, we're, we were talking like, what was it, like three grand? It was, le- it was less than three grand. Uh, it's not like you and, raised I mean, 15 that, grand that for a chemtrails uh, documentary that you never made. But maybe we should not speak ill of the dead. Well, no, that's that's not true. Now, the AMS meeting was, I put $10,000 down as what it was going to cost. And I ended up raising like 7800 to like 8500 And even then, the guy that went with me was an Emmy award-winning producer. I'm not going to mention him here. You probably know who he is. Um, but he got us kicked out of the AMS meeting because he basically went into a presentation room that I didn't know he did. And he was filming B roll, which they clearly stated he couldn't do. And I was trying to handle it. And instead of him chilling out and shutting up, he started to just lose his cool. And he's an older gentleman, but regardless that just basically shit everything up on the third day. So I told him, I said, now, now we got to salvage this. You know, we don't have 90% of what we were trying to do. I got, you know, maybe 12 good interviews out of it. I was like, I'm not paying you to, to edit all this together. I was like, you can have the Airbnb for the rest of the week. I'm going home. Um, and just give me my tapes kind of thing. So, you cannot plan ahead for human nature. Wait, you can't this is a plan famous music for... producer that needed you to pay for the Airbnb? No. What are you talking about? It was, you said you were there with a famous music producer, right? And this no, is the guy he, got... Jerry Day. Jerry Day. He Emmy Award winning um, video producer. He had the video equipment. He had the microphones. He had all the music equipment. Music video producer. Okay, not like a music not producer. Not music video. Video producer. He won... He, all I know is he says he won an Emmy for some video production he did. I don't even know if that shit's true, to be quite honest I mean, with you. But regardless, this, you called him an Emmy award-winning video that, producer. That's, that's what he <laughs> said, and it's on his website. So I went with it, and you know, he he you know he came highly recommended. He did do a good job. I mean, he recorded everything. I still have the videos. Me interviewing the United States Naval Research Lab, um, Raytheon. Um, you know, William Cotton from Project Storm Fury, um, a couple other, you know, really prominent people. I was supposed to be interviewing Alan Robach, the geoengineer, but I was interviewing James Roger Fleming, who wrote, you know, this book right here. Whenever Alan Robach got out of his presentation and hauled ass down the hallway when he saw me. So, so much for that one. But regardless, you know, you can't plan for all this stuff. And plus, I'm a, I'm a complete noob. I'm a, I'm a novice. You, you think I've ever gone anywhere and interviewed anybody? No, that was the first time. See, so, you know, it's a learning process. Just, I mean, I'm sure you've been through some shit while doing this. Something as simple as broadcasting where things went horribly wrong. You didn't you didn't understand how it was going to work or you're trying to hook up with somebody and do an interview. I'm actually you know, a fan of this video ninja. Yeah. I watched a whole series on YouTube on how it works and all of that. So you're right. Video ninja greater than Streamlabs or a stream yard any day. Um, but I, you know, I'd have to figure out how to integrate it into my Streamlabs. I do want to be able to do interviews with people and have more regular conversations. I'd considered zoom, but you know, you've turned me on to something new. So just one other thing, you, you say a lot of times that everything that you do is open source and you're clearly running like Windows computers. I just want to know, like, what do you mean when you say open source in that case? Because for, for me, I mean, I've been working in technology before I was doing this and to some extent, I'm still working in technology. And when I hear people say open source, I'm thinking like, you know, GNU software, Linux, uh, free and op- free software, open source software. I'm not, I don't, so I don't know. What do you yeah, mean but- when you say that everything you do is open source? Do you just mean that you publish it all? I mean, that anything that I put out on the internet, whether it's on my websites, the infographics I make, the videos I make, I put them all down as Creative Commons, non-commercial, international 4.0 um, attribution. Oh, Meaning that's that's, that's you, my stuff's licensed that way, too. 
Yeah, so it's it's free. It's open source. I'm not charging anybody for any of it. Do whatever the fuck you want to with it. Just give a, a link back to where you got it from. That's you 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 know how an uh, attribution license works. Yeah. So and it's non-commercial meaning you can't sell it. You got to give my permission if you want to sell it. So when Matt Lamon went and made his Franken Skies movie and basically stole all of the newspaper articles off of weathermodificationhistory.com without referencing any of them. Wait, wait, he, are you the original source of those newspaper articles? Yes. Dominic Marama. No, Dominic Marama, my um, my friend from Canada, he put together 849 newspaper articles from Google News and New York Times, other different sources. You know how they have the newspaper article, they got the header on the front page, and then there's another portion on page three or something like that. He clipped them all out in Adobe Illustrator and then edited them into a single image. So you can imagine the amount of work it takes to put together 849 newspaper articles. All right, but I mean, you don't have have any claim to the newspaper articles. All somebody did was clip them and put them together. Actually, that is the definition of a copyrightable graphic art you have now taken something and in an in adobe illustrator you've edited that into a single image and you've watermarked it and he went and removed the watermarks just downloaded them and put them in his documentary without ever getting permission then sold the dvds to be fair i don't think he sold many of those dvds (laughs) no i don't think he sold many either but i mean dominic was like fucking fit to be tied like he wanted to sue he's like i want to sue this son of a bitch you know interesting to see him try because he's not the he does not the original like it's like you like there are ways in which um like i know from doing dance music there's a way there are ways in which i can copyright my remix of something but if somebody uses parts of my remix the recognizable thing would be like the chorus from the song that I used. And that would actually be yeah, the person yeah, yeah. with the claim on it. Not me, the person who remixed it. In fact, it would be a little bit more difficult. I know for exactly me. what you're talking about. I just did a, a website for David Mancuso. Um, he's a famous DJ from New York city, gay rights activist back in the 1970s. He was actually one of the, um, I guess you could say studio 54 was actually modeled after the private, parties that david mancuso was um doing i listen to his mixes they're kind of mid but it was a different time the equipment was i mean it was a different time but he was actually one of the earliest um i guess you could say influencers because he had a direct relationship with the record labels and they would come to him and say will you play my album at your parties um and you know apparently at the time he had like the greatest sound system in new york city there's a there's a lot of story there, but anyway, it's at the the loft dot party, and the gentleman that hired me to make the website, um, he was just like educating me on all of the you know this copyright issues with you know music and all that stuff. So I I totally get it that I don't get it, <laughs> um, you know. Similarly, like like when, that's neither here nor there because I think uh, if Matt Landman sold if Matt Landman sold one of those DVDs, he sold a thousand of them. Do you know what I'm saying? I think he gave them all away because it was like on a DVD at a time that like streaming was so big. I don't think he sold any of them. I think he probably sold more of his weird fucking, uh, did you see that he has an EMF proof uh, nightgown? He probably sold more EMF proof nightgown. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's a physical. What are you going to make a man-made Faraday cage and wear it? Yeah, it, it has to. It would have to cover your whole body. It'd have to cover everything, not just like you know, hoodie. And, yeah. and, and be like and a like, condom. I'm like, like you, a, do like, you don't understand electricity like at all if you buy this? Well, I'm. Uh, this was a much more, I think, productive conversation than the last time. That's for sure. I was. I'm a little less, uh, less punchy, and uh, I'm a little more stoned. And you're definitely less punchy. I, I'll be honest. I th- still think you're full of shit, but at least like at least this time we had a reasonable conversation. And maybe six months goes by and you want to touch base and talk again. I'd be happy to do that. Fair enough, man. Um, at the end of the day, like I know that you know, based on your political beliefs, that we could literally go round and round for three hours disagreeing on everything. We don't do but- really left. We don't really do politics on this channel, though. There's a political channel, but we focus on. Uh, cults and high control groups and to the extent that conspiracy theory communities mimic that that's like the main focus we only do like one show that really talks about politics in any 
sort of meaningful well, way. Uh, I mean, just the the video I was watching where you ripped into Amanda Bays, you were you were dropping political things like all through it. So I mean, you can spice Conspiracy it however you theory like. Theory is political, yeah. It's in fact it's become more political and not less, especially since basically since. Basically, since the QAnon thing, you can't talk conspiracy theories without talking politics. It's impossible. Yeah, well, I, I think I do a pretty damn good job of it because I'm apolitical on my channel. I don't talk about politics. I don't bring it up. I don't talk about my personal beliefs. If you want to know, I'm a rugged individualist. I am neither conservative nor Democrat. I don't. Are you don't, an enlightened I, centrist? No, fucking, I'm not enlightened <laughs> to anything, bro. The older I get, the less enlightened I realize I am. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, like I believe just in, in personal liberty, I believe people should be able to do whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want, without the government interfering in it, as long as you're not hurting other people. At, at, the, at the root core of everything I, I, I believe in my soul. So when I'm talking to chemtrail believers... And I'm saying, look, if you look at the research on this and you see that the climate impacts of what you're looking at, this is visible climate change. It's not a secret government program. It is by definition geoengineering. Chuck Long, you know, aircraft uh, emissions are accidentally geoengineering the planet. Um it is a a serious problem and it's only going to get worse um you know they've, they've already said that terrestrial astronomy will be a thing of the past by 2050 if they don't address the contrail problem creating serious clouds we won't be able to see the stars by 2050. yeah i think we're kind of back to where we started now if, if it's okay with you i was going to move on again if this was a much more productive yeah. conversation than the last time Dude, it's one fourteen, and I literally got to get up at like 6.45 in the morning. So I just, I wanted to come on and somewhat bury the hatchet. I know we're going to agree to disagree on a lot of things, but um, I want you to know that it's not personal. Oh, yeah, you don't never, know me. It never, it, it, yeah, I don't know you. You don't know me. I, I, I appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. I'm glad that it was much more cordial than the last time. And um I look forward to seeing you roast my next video, so make sure you email it to me. Oh, we're familiar with Rianat too, so we'll do that tonight. Uh, it'll go up on the VOD unless I DJ. If I DJ tonight, the VOD disappears, and I'm, I'm sorry, it's just gone. That's the way That's the way it works here on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. You don't want them um, copyright trolls coming after you. Yep. Anyway, have a good night, Jim. Get some rest. All right, take it easy, bud. That was more productive than uh, than I expected it was going to be. Jim Lee is still full of fucking shit, though. The stuff he was saying, like, like when he started making, when he starts making scientific claims, it's just like clear that he's just he pulling a lot of shit out of his ass. But at least it was cordial. At least it was cordial. And I'd like to go on his channel and, and see if I can peel a few of his viewers off uh, next time. And uh, like, like I do for anybody that comes on. Uh, that's Jim Lee. You can find him at Climate Viewer. Um, I can't. He's blocked me on um, almost every major platform, but you can find him, and that's that's fine. Can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live? Then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the Now Space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.